This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. You're on Rally Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. And remember, uh, send us a text 2057. Email me at inbox at rallycheck.radio. We're going to do a little politics. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. But I have to declare a tremendous conflict of interest because I've got Liz Gunn from New Zealand Loyal uh, joined with her high-profile candidate, Steve Oliver, and let me go through the conflict of interest. I adore Steve Oliver. I just think Steve Oliver is just one of the great guys, and so it's very hard uh, for me to interview him. And you would have heard Steve Oliver come on our show when he kept his gym open, despite government departments, politicians, the police threatening him and his wife, threatening his livelihood and his business. He kept it open. He kept it open not for himself, but for the kids. And he did that for kids, some of whom no one else would help. But Steve and his wife do. And he stayed stayed open for them. Well, you never forget that. And so Steve Oliver has my utmost respect. He's also a big-time macho man fighter, which you've got to respect. But what I love, I mean, he was a world champion powerlifter. He's a wrestling guru. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He is amazing. But more than that, he's a great teddy bear underneath. And so when you get to know him, that teddy bear just gathers in my affection, actually. And then he runs a jiu-jitsu competition throughout New Zealand. He and his wife travel up and down the country putting on a jiu-jitsu competition for the kids and for the adults. And my kids go along, and it's honestly the highlight of their year to go along to a Steve Oliver competition. And he's so great, and he's helped me in the competition about how to be a better dad on the sideline. And then on top of all of that, more than any one person, Steve Oliver has helped me find my Christian faith. And so that is a big conflict of interest to be interviewing someone with whom you have that much respect for. I want to get all of that out of the way. I'm a number one fanboy. Liz Gunn, I've known a long time, not as a friend, but I've known her because you'd go into TVNZ and there she would be. And she's always warm and she's always human. And to be honest, you could count on the fingers of one hand the number of people I meet in the media who that would apply to. Liz was one of those. And then she didn't need to do it, but she spoke out. She used her fame and her status to speak out against what the government was doing. And that's a brave woman and a bold woman. And she has started a political party called New Zealand Loyal. Steve Oliver, bless his cotton socks, has joined her and is standing in New Lynn. And with all of that palaver out of the way, I'm going to try and interview them. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, brother. Thanks for the great words. Well, I, abs- I absolutely loved your intro on Steve, Rodney, and, and I, just, I just back up every word. This is a man who's been to hell and back, and I yes. know as a friend that tough the toughness he's had to have to endure what he's endured. And, you know, when you hear a dear friend whose qualities just shine, but you haven't seen them acknowledged out there, when you hear that acknowledgement, man, that is a powerful opening, Rodney. I really salute you for it. Thank you. Well, I feel as though I have to, to be fair to the listeners, because this isn't an ordinary interview for me, because, you know, I have a lot of, well, you heard, I have total respect. And, um, if Steve Oliver rang me to do something, it's done. Um, because, yes. Now, Liz, let's get down to brass tacks. Oh, my goodness. Everyone talks about politics. Everyone complains about politics. Everyone knows what everyone should do in politics. But not many people stand for politics or even get involved in politics. And not many people stand 
start a political party and put themselves out there. How is it that you ended up starting a political party? Tell me the journey. I'd add one more, not many. Not many people think of starting a political party, what, about two and a half months out from probably the most important election in the Mm. nation's history. And not just in our nation's history, Rodney, but um, without any sense of hubris, I'm getting messages every day from overseas saying, we in Canada are watching. We in Israel are watching. Sure as eggs, we in Australia are watching. Please, New Zealand, do this. Pull down the globalists. Get the globalists out of New Zealand and I reckon Australia will be next, Canada next. So this is a country coming together in a people's movement, doing it for the world, and that is not an exaggeration. So how did it come about? I did an interview with Winston Peters earlier this year that's helped reinvigorate Winston. <laughs> I have to laugh. I love I love the sense of irony that the universe has, Rodney, because I was desperate. I thought, who is out there who will really save us from what is being rolled out in our little country. And more and more when I researched, it looks like New Zealand is one of the petri dish countries of the world. What I mean by that is they they roll out experimental ideas here first in our beautiful country. Who are they? They are the globalists who are behind the paid and sold out puppet politicians that now infect all of the world's parliaments, all of the world's uh, so-called democracies that are no longer democratic. And Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, this is no conspiracy theory, he has skited, and you can look it up online. We have people in every government around the world. He's very proud of that. It is completely corrupt. It is utterly treasonous that people voted into power should then offer all their service, not to the people who voted them in, but to some shadowy figures behind them who have inordinate amounts of money and are willing to buy them up and tell them what to do. And these puppets go, yes, sir, no, sir, while lying to us, the people. So that's where you begin. It's a very painful beginning in the research. You begin by going, my government is not serving me. Beyond that. Interrupting you, Liz, this is a wonderful exposition of your position. When did you become aware that there was a globalist influence on world politics? And you use the word puppets. Um, I would sort of use unwitting fools to sort of make it more gentle, where you have the UN and these world bodies who come up with policies and it works its way through the bureaucracy and through the politicians, and then it becomes the de facto position of Western countries all around the world. Every Western country has these positions that they adopt on climate change, gender ideology, sex education, you name it, it's there. And there's no denying that. Now, um, when did you become aware that this was a happening thing? I think for many of us, we came into the pandemic realizing that things were odd in the world. Even back at 9-11, Rodney, I was on breakfast. I was fronting the breakfast show that morning. And I did say this in another interview. I do remember saying to my producer on the speaker, what just happened with that third building? How can a Mm. third building just collapse? This Mm. makes no sense. And then, of course, we watched, you know, Colin Powell lie to the world and say, you know, here's an excuse to start a war. There were a lot of question marks for me in those last two years in mainstream media. That was um, at the beginning, the sort of turn of of the century was, (laughs) was when I was last in mainstream. And I left very disillusioned with mainstream media, but not realizing the political influence over it at that time. I think many of us came into the pandemic and began deep research. It was obvious something was going on when you looked at how Jacinda Ardern's language was the same as um, Trudeau's language up in Canada. It was freaky, wasn't it? It was freaky. It was freaky. Yeah, all of that. And then you look back, you then have to rewind and go, oh, Build Back Better was the same around the world. This hmm. is coming from someone. This is lockstep. This is managed. And and what I was saying before is you realize, wow, they don't actually care about 
us, the people. And then you have to go one step further. And I tell you, Rodney, I remember that morning. I was researching like crazy when the mandates were first rolled out. It was three in the morning, got up to make another cup of tea. I was, I was looking at things and I went, I must be going, I must be going crazy to think that Jacinda Ardern is actually in there to hurt the people of New Zealand. It can't be the explanation. That can't be true. No human being could be that cruel and de- divisive and devious. And that was where the research led, all of us. This is a government that is not only not serving us, they're willing to hurt us. And for many people who don't yet want to wake up, that is just a step too far because we've all been brought up to trust the system. And on the positive side of that, one could say, what a painful but crucial wake-up step for people to go from a kind of adolescent trust in mum and dad up there and the government will know what Mm. to do and I'll leave it to them, to being Mm. fully realised adult, responsible individuals who say, I'll put you in government, but you damn well better honour me and you'd better honour your promises and you'd better do what you say and you had better front up to us every night and be questioned by us. And that's what NZ Loyal wants to do. So back to your question, how did this come about? So initially I thought Winston will save us. I'll do an interview. There's this speech. I'll, you know, I'll pin him down. And and I'm not going to say more than this. But I always look for tiny things, Rodney, that that expose who someone is. So in that interview, I wasn't completely beguiled by him. He's deeply charming. He's he's a you almost love being conned by Winston. I love it. He has a twinkle. He has a charm. He has a smile. My father stood up for him when no one would listen to him on the wine box. I know Winston of old, and I know exactly who he is. And I wanted to believe him that day of the interview, but I put in some commitments from him that we can clip out. There are cuts that are there that, you know, he will not fall for the whiff. And um, there are other things, but one of them was, would you meet with Casey Hodgkinson? 23 years old she was when her life was completely ruined. She spent two years fighting to have her, her injuries acknowledged. The last time I think she was in hospital, a doctor shook her by the shoulders and said, stop pretending. She's been gaslit beyond anything. She's like a little angel. And I said, please, Winston, meet with her and Rob Martin, both in wheelchairs, both deeply injured. Please meet with them now so that I can get them ACC. Use your influence. So I rang him a few days later and I honestly put a little prayer up. Please let him be not the Winston of old. He's a charmer, but he'll promise and then he will go back on his promises. And that is his Achilles heel. And many Kiwis know it. And I rang him and said, I need to bring the cameras around. I'll get them around to your place. We'll film it. This will be really big for the for the jab-injured community. And he stopped me halfway through and he said, oh, there's a fire over there. So I went I went with it. I said, okay, let's go with the fire. And we talked about the fire for five minutes. And then what I fire? said. What fire was he talking about? There was apparently a fire on the other side of the water. And I know he's got a beautiful view across the water. So it okay. may have been plausible. So I went with that story. But, you know, I'm dogged, Rodney, if you haven't noticed. So I came back and I said, okay, now, now, Winston, can we just make a time to bring them? And this was it. This is the moment. He said, oh, there's someone at the door. And that and that was a really hard moment for me. I don't need to say more. People are smart. I leave people to make their own assumptions. But that was a moment that was very telling. I left it for another three days and rang back. And I'm I'm not proud of this. I now was resorting to appealing to self-interest. And I said to him, Winston, there is a massive electorate in the people who have been betrayed by this government, who've been injured, who have, who have got family members who died, who've lost jobs and homes and families. You really need to honor this. Please, would you meet with Casey and Rob? And he said he would get back to me. Now that sits there and he can roll them out now for his own political means. But what would have counted to me more than anything would have been that that first day he said, absolutely, Liz, I gave you my assurance that I would in that interview and I will do it. Now, if it's done, it's done for politicization and exploitation. And that, that is not, that's not a good look for me. So I leave that with the public. Secondly, uh, this is getting back to your question. I looked at Sue Gray and Brian Tamaki and whatever else you think about the story that was done on Counterspin Media. Um, I know this is a journalist. It was an excellent piece of investigative journalism 
by Samantha, and it warrants full research. And on New Zealand Rising, which was a group of supposed freedom leaders that I was part of, I challenged Sue bravely, and not many people supported my challenge. I said, Sue, you must look at this. As a leader, you must deeply investigate because we can't have somebody saying, I'll stand up for the freedom community who who is implicated in taking any funds at all, even for a jab tent from the government. I mean, the jab tent excuse, where does all that DNA go? All of that was DNA. It's I'm sorry, up, I don't, I, let's not get, so. It's it's ended yeah. up in some in some database overseas. So yes, that, no, but was, I just that not, was a I'm, risk. I'm not yeah. aware of that story. Oh, I'll I, tell you. So I, but, I no, felt no. there was a story to investigate with Sue. So I, I felt okay. no, I can't trust but that. But let's not. Matt King I get the Winston five. one. Let's put yeah. Sue Gray to one side. And then you Matt can, King had five people walk out. So, so, yeah, so you I'll, I'll leave all that aside. Yeah, I you was, concluded was, that there was no other party that would gain yeah. your support and trust to do the job. That was it. I was lying there for sort of three mornings, going. There has to be someone else who will stand. I thought of you. I actually mm. thought of you and saying, Rodney, you're experienced in this horrible world. You stand. You're decent. I was thinking, who? Who will stand and just get a group of real Kiwis? And so after the third morning, um, I actually, I actually thought I will, I'll take a risk. I'll put out a call and I'll say, if we can get 500 people in one week, 501 weeks signing up. I will do it. But I thought it'll never happen. My son said it'll never happen. It took Leighton Baker three weeks to get 500. So I put the call out and we got 1,700 signups in 24 hours. Oh, my God. That was when I thought, okay, Kiwis want something different. They don't want politicians. They want representatives. They don't want game players. They want really honest and raw. And we will be that because, Rodney, we're building it from the ground up. It's number eight wire. None of us wants to be a politician. That is my first port of call with anyone I'm shoulder tapping. Do you want, are you ambitious for a career in this? If I get a yes and I've had one, I go, no, I think another party is for you. If I get a no, I don't want to do it, Liz. I get, I get that real, your country needs you. <laughs> it's That's ironic. extraordinary. I remember with the ACT Party spending weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> and I remember the 50th member. Right, because it's very hard to get people to sign up to a political party, but we're in a strange time when there's such a lot of disillusionment and so many damaged people, lives damaged, families damaged, and a total what's the word loss of faith, distrust. Total. I mean, I'm I'm one of them. Total. And so you've started your party, and what you're saying is <clears throat> we have had these old political parties who have always been there, follow the line, play it safe. Um, the UN is the biggest government in the world, and so if they decide something, we're all signed up to it, and away we go. And the civil service is massive and you don't upset them too much and they go along with the UN because that's the biggest, again, civil service and government in the world. So if they say it, it's a big deal. And what you're saying is we actually need a house of representatives where it's not the party first, but the people first, including the people that are standing for us. Is that Have I got that basically right? It's like a people's movement. It's something quite unfamiliar to us you're you're very on the on the on the money you're very on the button with that i believe we should very rapidly um consult the population because everything with nz lawyer will be done with a listening we haven't been listened to the people have not been listened to for decades so we consult the population would you like that idea i'll, I'll blue sky it here i haven't quite refined it but one idea that went down well in the south with the meetings we had with logan evans was what do you guys think about something like a, a Swiss canton system? So mm. you just have areas through New Zealand and maybe we have 72 areas and mm. we have one representative 
from each area. The whole waste of money on these different parties and the theatre of it. You know, we know the script is written that Labour now tosses the ball to National and Act and they have their turn and then in a few years they'll toss it back with all this verbiage that means absolutely nothing, these expensive ads, these endless billboards that apparently National might have spent a million on you know, polluting the whole countryside, they mean nothing. And people know that they mean nothing because there's no heart in it. What if we had one representative for each area and they meet occasionally and there's a very small centralised grouping that coordinate roads and hospitals and, you know, other things that are essential with those representatives. But those reps have to walk down the streets of their local towns and somebody like Steve Oliver comes up with his lovely big muscle body and goes, mate, you're betraying our people and we're not mm. having it. You need to come to a meeting tonight and you need to answer to us because we're not paying you to do this. We're paying you to represent us. Come and listen. They would listen because they're deeply answerable then. They're not locked away in Parliament and they're sure as hell, Rodney, not going to be subject to some overseas trillionaire coming in saying, I'd like to give all of you a nice little bit of money. I mean, that is a possible scenario, not that I'm saying it's happened, but it could happen, and you will do what I want. That's very possible in the system we have right now. Much harder when you have 72 individuals answerable to their local area. So you're right on the money. That's what we could bring in with a wonderful new real group of Kiwis who will listen to the people. So you got your five... 100 members plus 1,724 hours, which is extraordinary. And you registered the party. Now, I follow things a little bit on Twitter. I don't tweet or X or... But I understand there was a kerfuffle with the registration process. Tell We're us having about that. Yeah, we're having lots of, we're having lots of, I call them now little hiccups. And I think it's a sign that we are A, definitely not anywhere within their system and B, that they very much want to stop the people's movement. So we had an odd request. Somebody had driven down all the forms. We'd gone above and beyond. We even had a certificate for the, um, online electric, um, electronic signatures. We had a certificate of verification we'd added in. Nope, we got something back saying you must, you, you're the only party we're asking this because we know no one else was asked, you must have handwritten signatures for every one of your members. At that point, Rodney, um, I said to the little team we have, I'm so sorry, you've spent hours and hours getting it all right. This is unfair, but we either sit around and cry into our sleeves and we and we appeal, that will take time, we're against the clock, let's just tell everybody and ask them to get them back. Within two and a half days, we had them all back, all of them. Wow. People just poured the documents back to us. I have a young guy in the team. He's 26 years old. He didn't particularly want to be involved in all this. He has a standing desk like some of those young guys like standing. It's better for you, but apparently. I, I'm not kidding. He stood from 8 in the morning on the Tuesday, and he finished at 4.30 on the Wednesday, he had a couple of walks into the kitchen for breaks, but he just worked and worked. He went over every single detail and we put in 50 extras. So 550 forms were driven down on the Thursday. On the Friday, someone rang from the electoral commission and said, holy heavens, you guys, we've gone through 550 forms. We've found one minor fault with one form. Wow. And the guy even took pity on us in there. He said, you know what, I'm going to help this get through. And I'm sure there was there was a lot of political pressure saying, mm. is there any way we can stop them? But that is the dedication of of any loyal Kiwi. And and I ask that of everyone who comes up to me and says, Oh, thank you for doing this, Liz. I go, No, 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 no. You're doing this for me. I'll do it for you, but you better you better do it for me as well, because we're in this together. No what one I, what I what I take out of this, Liz, is that you have with New Zealand Loyal developed or and attempting to develop a grassroots movement. So the normal questions that I would ask aren't the right ones to be asking because it's not about a long list of policies and a pledge card commitment because what, again, I, I'm reading into what you're saying. What you're saying is it's a style of representation 
and the style of New Zealand loyal, and it's different. It's not like here's a party, here's our six policies, here's our list. No, what you're saying is we're people that are going there on your behalf and um, we will be coming back to you. It's a, it's completely foreign to New Zealand. It was what our parliament was originally. Absolutely. Have I got Absolutely. that right? You have got it. Oh, well, that's You've funny because I decided not to look at your webpage ahead of this interview because I thought, well, I'm going to be like a, a listener and just ask uh, the questions. Now, could, sure. I add one, could I add one thing in sure. there? People say, oh, you know, all these small parties have got doing it from ego. And, Steve, I want to bring you in here and, and reply to what Rodney just said. You know what we're about, but none of us is doing this from ego, Rodney. I, people I ask, they, they groan, and I love it when they groan because mm. I say to them, uh, and this is, you know, this is a big part of what's shaped me. But I say our forebears went off to war. They went overseas to war. We are in a war. We're in a spiritual war. You're lucky. You get to fight this from your home. But do not doubt this is a war and it demands incredible sacrifice. And I am asking you to sacrifice. And every single one of them has stepped up. And what's even more beautiful, Rodney, a lot of them, are the warrior males that, you know, it was good the women stepped forward early on. We could see that this was out of balance and that it was wrong and that it was being led by a woman who was betraying everything that a woman should do, um, which is nurture and honour and look after the people when she's put in office, God, even more so. But she did none of that. So the women led, but now these incredible warrior men across New Zealand are stepping up and asking me, can I stand and there is something so magnificent about that in terms of rebalancing because we should always have had men defending us from these mad UN policies, these World Economic Forum policies, these weak politicians who are lying to us. Real men stand up and go, you don't get to hurt my family, my kids, my community. How dare you do this to my country? And we are getting back to that, Rodney. It's way bigger than any one person, and it's much bigger than a political grouping. Do you agree with that, Steve? Is that fair to say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, just, the, you know, what I... Uh really stands out to me is just the whole uh, business model of decentralization. Get it away from a small group and split it up throughout the country so everyone's got to say. I um, yeah, really love that model. And, you know, it's been obvious for a long time. There's just been zero accountability through our leadership. And, uh, you know, they just promise about this time uh, of the, you know, of the uh, cycle, they come out with all their promises. And... Uh, you know, just it's basically just a spear. It's just a pantomime <clears throat> where they come out and promise the world, and then it's just uh, you know what? I, I mean, I voted for Winston. <clears throat> you know, election before last, <clears throat> and uh, you know, it almost makes it worse because Winston actually does know what's going on, and uh, you know, he he really campaigned hard on that election in particular around immigration. And I thought, you know, we do need to cap our immigration. Just put Kiwis first, and. You know, for the practical, there's nothing against Im immigrants coming through, but we just need to look after New Zealanders and put in a practical system of uh, application and, and slow things up and just uh, take a look at things. And he was, you know, he was all on board with it, you know, and then he signs the um, UN Immigration Pact, which is basically an open doors policy, which is just an absolute 180 on what he policed, uh, you know, what he campaigned on. And, um, yeah, it's just typical, isn't it, of these guys in suits that are so-called experts. I've got to say, Steve, listeners can't see this, but you're all spruced up. I wouldn't have recognised you because <laughs> you've normally got a hairy mop <laughs> on your head. You've normally got, uh, well, probably for you, one day's growth, but for a normal person, <laughs> three weeks' growth on your on your beard. Yeah. And there you are, and you're scrubbed up. And, like, um, you're taking this seriously, man. Yeah, oh, well, this is just a just a different look. I've just hit. You've just caught me, uh, you know, straight after a shave. But um, <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It's a. It's an important time. I mean, uh, you know, I stood last election. I knew things weren't going uh, right. I, you could see it. The writing on the wall. The way the country. Who was did you cut. stand for last time? Uh, advance. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, the Freedom Party, uh, the Freedom Movement. 
it's an easy it's an easy uh, target to uh, infiltrate and you know put in um yeah, 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 to really uh, blow it apart with uh, trolls and stuff like that. So it's an easy target, and, and that's what happened there. And But, I mean, I 100% believe in what they were standing for at the time, which is just uh, basically the same thing, get the, you know, these mandates and just, you know, stripping New Zealanders of their human rights. I mean, Did was- you ever think in your life that you'd be standing for Parliament? <laughs> Uh, honestly, mate, uh, you know, never in a million years, to be honest. And uh, it's just, it doesn't interest me in the least. I've got no desire to, you know, be turning up and debating stuff or, you know, like it's just, you know, I'd rather, I'm really hands on and I love working with community and I love, you know, sport, to be honest. But, um, it's, it is, it's, it's a crucial time in the, in the history's, uh, in our nation's history, and I think it's time that we stand up and we actually, you know, say what's right, and we try and do our best to change the to change the route in which we we're following, which is just stripping our rights and just, you know, basically just destroying our country. And it's well, not. Here's the right. thing from the outside looking in: that we you are two people who have been severely tested on your principles and your beliefs and you've come through. So you didn't buckle in what you stood for, nor did Liz. There's no politician I know that doesn't buckle. The only thing that amazes me is how easy they buckle, like Winston. Yes. Um, So you've got that going for you but do you feel green and naive and the process of politics if you know when you or if you make it to parliament Mm. the bureaucracy and the politicians will gobble you up and spit you out I mean, a hundred percent. You know, I'm no politician, but you know, I, I love the community, and I'm going to stand for the community. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not here. Uh, you know, I, I have lot, real life experience. That's what these guys in suits haven't got. Hardly any of them ever had a job, held down a job. Most of them probably still live at home. I mean, they've got no <laughs> real, they've got no real life experience. In all honesty, you know, they don't know how it works in, in the community. They've just gone to school and they've been indoctrinated and then they come out with this ideology that's absolutely uh you know it's, it's fairy tale you know everyone's going to drive an ev and we're going to you know everyone's going to become a vegan and i must admit you're so right i mean when you look at um james shaw christopher hipkins jacinda Ardern, you and grant robertson you literally feel looking at them like it's a university students debate and their level of thinking. And then their ministers are even worse. It is literally fairy tale stuff. And at least I feel with Christopher Luxon and David Seymour and their crews, there is a bit of more realism. Um, But I feel as though they're a continuation of what we have, not addressing the deep cultural malaise that we all feel, and I can't forgive them for what they did to the country, what they did to us. The opposition, to me, are more culpable than the government because the government had to make choices, and they made the wrong ones. The opposition could have opposed, but yep. they signed up willingly and enthusiastically, and to me, that was unforgivable. Liz, taking back, I just want—I just want to say a couple of things. Good luck to anybody trying to 
uh, gobble up Steve and spit him out. I don't think they'd have a chance. It would work the other way. When Steve gets in, if somebody comes in to try to intimidate him, he will definitely leave Steve's office knowing that ain't going to work. And somebody eyeballed me in Golden Bay when I went to a small meeting there and asked me a very important question. Rodney, it's wonderful when you go to small meetings with these smart, smart Kiwis. He eyeballed me and said, Liz, what are you going to do when you get in there and you get you get the call or you get the visit? I knew exactly what he meant, but I said, tell me what you mean by that. And he said, well, some bureaucrat from the back room comes in and says, hey, Liz, this is how it's run. This is how we do it around here, and you will comply. And I said, it's very easy because I am going in there for one reason and one reason only, to serve the New Zealand people I am happy to put it on the line straight away. I will immediately ask if I can record the conversation. And if I can't, they can't stop me from going straight out from there and doing a piece to camera, Rodney, where I say, so this is how parliament works. Mm. You get in there and in week one, they come in and they try to intimidate you and say, you'll lose your job. Well, I will lose that job over that call. I will not be blackmailed. And that's mm. why this party scares them. That's why all the people I'm shoulder tapping scare them so much, because we are in it for one thing, and it is for New Zealanders. I know Steve didn't want to do this. He's got young kids. He's running all those things that you you outlined at the beginning, the tournaments and the the gym and helping so many people. And I know what a sacrifice this is for him and Chrissy. When you sacrifice like we all are, it's not fun. But by God, you know who you are and you won't be shifted from that. You won't. This is. I, remember, I remember when we started Act and going around in your old car, turning up to these meetings on drafty, working every hour that God gave you. And these ministers would sweep in with limos MPs would turn up, sign the taxi chart. They had millions in government funding to pay their campaign, and they were doing it for a job, and you were doing it for the cause. And it was, and then they'd stand up and belittle you. Mm. And in our case, we were declared the rich man's party. And it was like, you've got to be joking, right? And it's tough. It's really, and, really tough. And then and, somewhere they get corrupted over. Like David Seymour, you talked about people living at home. I think he still does live at home. And yet in the mandates, he was saying parents need to be forcing their children back to school. And, <laughs> you know, we have to. This is not a man who's even been a father. And I don't hold that against any man. But if you're going to talk about children, and you have not had the experience of parenting, at the very least, you go out to the people and you say, I'm not a parent, therefore I need to listen to the parents. What is going on in the schools? What's going on with the mandates? What's going on with the sex education? He didn't do that. He's now part of them. And this is what worries me, Rodney. But, but to be fair, mm. um, and we've got no need to be. <laughs> but, I like um, it. But... um. Christopher Luxon has kids, right? Mm. And he loses me. He never won me, but he loses me every day because my kids, my, my two girls, 12 and 10, will not go to a public toilet or changing shed. They will not go to the toilet at school. And... They've had an incident with a grown man. Oh, no. And Chris Luxon says, I'm on another planet mm. by being concerned about it. Yeah. And it's not, Mr. Luxon, about the toilets. I'm not talking about the toilets. I'm talking about respect for women. Yeah and respect for the innocence and beauty of children. Mm. And you tell me that if I stand up for that, I'm on another planet, and then you expect me to vote for you? <laughs> You've got to be kidding. I mean, how, how shocking. Oh, it's all about the toilets. No, 
It's about basic respect. Uh, Liz, coming back to you. Oh, by the way, um, I'm a great believer, and I get into a bit of trouble for this, but I'll state it. I'm a great believer that under MMP, you vote for the party that you want to vote for. Yes. That's what I'm going to do. I've got my thing about the um, party that's going to help the vaccine injured. That's all I care about because that's a level of humanity. But I don't worry about the threshold um, because I well remember in 96 and 99, the Christian parties, there being two, would never quite get to five but there'd be two and they'd get four and they'd get another one would get two and then it would flip. But there was like 6%. I can promise you that the National Party, the Labour Party and the ACT Party were very mindful that there were 6% of New Zealanders voting for a conservative Christian parties and these parties wanted that vote. And it changed how Helen Clark behaved as Prime Minister. It changed how the National Party campaigned, it changed deeply how the ACT Party behaved because um, we had Christians in our caucus and they were giving a free vote and they could speak out because we felt the need to represent voters. And here was a clear indication that there's a significant chunk, right? And self interest as a political party. So I don't. And I mean, the way I look at it is you're thinking, well, I want to get rid of this government, so maybe I vote for a national enact because that's the best way I can get rid of this government. But I can't happily vote for them because they're not that much better. And then I say, well, I could vote for uh, Winston because I think he'll get in and therefore my vote will, quote, count. But I think he's duplicitous and I know I'm going to be very disappointed and be kicking myself for that vote. So then I say, well, I'm going to look amongst the other parties, and even if they don't make the threshold, I'm using my one little vote, which can never get an MP, but my one little vote is registering what I support, like in a referendum. So I'm a big believer in the in the minor parties. Just so everyone, I don't that five percent. That's just the two old parties ganging up on any new entrance to the club, and you should never buy into it. I'm just saying that for listeners. Don't buy buy into Labour and National saying, oh, you're going to waste your vote. If you vote for this party, it's a vote for Labour and the Greens. Nonsense. It's your vote. Don't let them tell you how to spend it. There's a lot more people on the fence right now, Rod, and there's a lot of people disillusioned in the system. I think the major parties have lost a hell of a lot of votes, and I think they're all going to look towards the minor parties. I think it's. Uh, I think you're right. Very interesting. And, and and I'm not about to dish any of them at this stage. Now, Liz, you're a lawyer by training. Did you ever practice as a lawyer? I did. I practiced with Rudd Watts and Stone, as it was called then. It's uh, then it's now called Minter Ellison, and I did commercial litigation. Wow! And then I went over and I studied, of all things, in Paris for a while. It was just an amazing year of, um, of uh, yeah, yeah. It was an amazing year for me. I think I must have been French in another life. I don't know what it is about France. Came back, and the partner in my firm said, um, "You know, we'll have you back." But I also have a job that you could be really well suited teaching law professionals. So I taught at university for a while and really loved having those classes of young law students. And then I went and worked for the New Zealand Law Society and realized, Rodney, I'm completely not equipped to do administrative work sitting over a desk with papers. I love people. And that was the that was the job that I was not equipped for. But I will tell you something that breaks my heart in those. But you're days, not I, my point about this is you're not a talking head. No, but Alan Ritchie was in charge of the Law Society and the integrity of that society was really unimpeachable to see what they've come to now, mm. chasing after lawyers who should never have been put, put through the, the the trials of the NZ Law Society. It's just heartbreaking that that one has fallen as well. But, yeah, no, I've definitely done And my how did you get into TV? Well, I, I auditioned for Fair Go, actually, and I got down to the last two and they chose someone who was a fully trained journalist. And then a guy, Hal 
Weston came up to me and said, he looked me in the eye and he went, you, you've got something. Don't know what it is, but I'm going to give you a daytime show. And he gave me an art show. But Rodney, I was execrable. I was terrible. I When I used to be very nervous, I would smile all the time. So as the cameras were coming towards me, I would just have this fixed grin on my face. <laughs> And it was a pre-recorded show. And honestly, I hope the takes will never surface because they'd go, Liz, let's do another take on that. I just couldn't work with the camera. Whereas somewhere between that and what I do now, I learned all I have to do is talk from my heart, not be analyzing myself in my head. If I just Mm -hmm. offer the truth from my heart, I can speak down that camera to people and it's not put on. And in the media training I'm doing with our team, it's it's actually untraining. It's saying just be a hundred percent yourself, be a hundred percent authentic. Absolutely, we're, we're having no spin doctors in NZ mm. Loyal. We mm. will have no propaganda department. Mm. If if the truth is not enough for the people, then we we engage in dialogue with the people. But we will never spin our answers to try to make us look good. The people can say we don't like what you're doing, and we'll listen. It's going to be a totally different beast. It's a beautiful, beautiful animal. It's a beautiful New Zealand we could birth here, Rodney. It really is. Tell me how, I don't even know how to word the question because in a way your answer is obvious. Like, how come citizens in New Zealand are treated so disrespectfully by journalists. Now, I can understand a journalist disagreeing with you, disagreeing with me, just like I can understand me disagreeing with them. But the vitriol and disrespect that they're pouring on citizens who have every right to state their view, every right to stand for office, is unbelievable to me. How do you, as a former person, high up in the public face of the media, understand that? You articulate that just perfectly. I, it's You know, there's heartbreak over the fall of the legal system. There's heartbreak over the fall of our mainstream media system. So, you know, again, with research, you find out that the the world's media is basically rooting back to two companies, BlackRock and Vanguard, and they they get their instructions really subtly through through governments down to them. And we know the government has paid our mainstream media, but it goes deeper than that. These are people now who must be fully cognizant that there are many injured and many, many died suddenly and that it's highly unusual. You could say at the beginning, all right, they're naive, they're very poor journalists because journalism at its heart is all about investigating the hidden stories and they didn't do that in the early days. You could say they were lazy, but now it's gone far beyond that. Now it's clear that they are selling out. And then you have to look at models from around the world where journalism is sold out. And remember, we used to look at communist Russia or communist China and go, those poor people, they just have ridiculous front people lying to them every night. We are there. We are there. We have a version of communist media. They will simply do what they are told. And that term prostitutes is apt. They are prostituting what was a sacred part of a democratic system. You had to have that fourth estate holding the feet of the politicians to the fire. If you didn't have that, the democracy would fall. And that is what's happening. Luckily, Kiwis are smarter and they're waking up to it. I saw the shift, Rodney. It was after I was beaten up at the airport. Uh, and it was, it's done major damage to my shoulder. And it's eight months on, I'm in tremendous pain. He has really hurt me, that cop. Um, and I don't think I can ever forgive Sean Plunkett for deriding and sneering when I sent a really sincere account of what he did. That's an aside. But I went through that. And the other person who sneered was Hillary Barry. And what happened was, I didn't see her sneering thing. It was something about, oh, I feel sorry for Liz. You know, she goes into some blah, 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 descent. Isn't into- that? 
Conspiracy. They have a phrase for that, don't they? What do they call it? It's like passive aggressive. I don't know how passive that works. aggressive. <laughs> yeah. But it's this well, idea where someone feels sorry for you and they slip the knife right into your guts and twist it, <laughs> yes. and they do it as though it's out of kindness. And it's so transparently stupid. It's like a ten-year-old girl in playtime. And, and they do this. Oh, look! I so I feel sorry for for um, Liz because you know she was a friend, and oh, she's just you know lost her way a bit. She's come under the effect of evil people, and you know she was always a bit suspect. And now she's from, oh, and now all this. But it's like you become a a pee addict or something, right? Absolutely. And and God what that. happened? A friend contacted me two days later and goes. Liz, I've just counted. I'm in bed sick. I've spent time counting 975 comments for you, one comment supporting Hillary. And I think <laughs> then the media went, holy, holy heavens, we we can't bully the New Zealand public the way we did in the lockdowns. No. They are starting to be onto us. And people really do not like mainstream media in this country in, in vast numbers. Um, and that's why RCR's got such support. That's why Free NZ Media, Counterspin, it's really growing because people mm. want truth. Mm. And that's why New Zealand Loyal is turning into a people's movement. This is not about me. This will vastly engulf everybody who stands. It's about the real Kiwis who want to leave something for our children and our grandchildren, Rodney, where we can look them in the eye and they say, what did you do in 2023 when we were a whisker away from full tyranny? How how did that turn around? Mm -hmm. And you will say, you know, I played my part. I got on the airwaves and I found the places where the truths needed to be told, and I did it fearlessly. And Steve and I will do it in our way. We'll say, well, we didn't want to, but we put ourselves forward politically. And it's did, you see, did you see old uh, Sue Gray drop that uh, information report this morning? And it said that they had 100% were, they were briefed around there was no, does, it doesn't help transi transi uh, transmission. And they, no. had, they had no data on whether it affected a pregnant woman, and they they still forced it on our, our pregnant woman. How could you? How 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 in good conscience could you inject a pregnant woman yeah. when oh. there's been no trial? We, we have a we have a member of on the team that is a uh, coroner, and he was just talking about. I don't know if I can say this or not, but he was talking about, uh, you know, his his experience straight after the injections where they'd have one or two stillborns a month and he was pulling f five or more out in the first week. Oh. He's a funeral director, Rodney, and when we announce him, which will be shortly, I would love to um, link his number with you. I think yeah. you'd have a fascinating interview. But now said to me he has spent many days in tears and many of them over the numbers of stillbirths the numbers of stillbirths. if they had if it was found to be and this is an informational uh, you know report if it's found to be true these guys should be should be up on trial they should be going to jail this is murder there's nothing short of and of course the interesting thing about it is there have been Lots and lots and lots of very credentialed and qualified people from the get-go speaking out. Yep. It wasn't just wackos like me and Steve Oliver, right? There were very, very esteemed professors from Stanford, Cambridge, uh, you name it, uh, who were right great. There are esteemed people who have changed their mind and yeah. speaking out and still not a whisker. And then you have these journalists who write sneeringly of anyone who questions that. It is unbelievable. Did you see that the other day, Rodney? They just, uh, old Chris Hipkins came out and said no one was forced to take yeah. it. <laughs> Everyone had their own decision to make. Yeah, and my other favourite was yeah, talk about insult to injury. You know, yeah, no, yeah, it was just that has gone around the world. That has yes. absolutely gone around the world. And but Trudeau right. said the same. Again, it's the same yeah. words. Yeah. And um, now, tell me, Liz, let's cut down to brass tacks. <laughs> how are you? You've got how many candidates have you got announced? 
Well, I think <laughs> I think we are around the 12 mark, but I've got a number coming out this week and I'm going from here to record a whole lot more announcements. Great. But um, I'll tell you, since registration a week ago, we have close to a 100 people who are now uh, in emails saying, please, can you uh, ring me? I want to stand for New Zealand Loyal. It's extraordinary what we have. How are you managing, and I, I mean this with respect, the vetting process? It's crucial because um, we know that we have to be really careful of the government. This is a very cheating government, and it has one thing left. It has no popularity. It has no trust from the people. It can only cheat and lie. So I'm getting all sorts of weird posts. There was one hilarious one yesterday, Rodney, authorised by Liz Gunn. When I get in, when NZ Loyal gets in, we will build a bridge from Auckland to Sydney. And I thought, I'm all good with that because anyone who believes that, that's an IQ test. I actually want people to come to NZ Loyal who are smarter and can (laughs) see that's a lie. But I'm also being attacked from within the freedom movement. And that, that is horrendous. I want to um, credit Sue Gray was putting out the OIA requests. But, um, yeah, there's been a really nasty attack from someone within her grouping, and it was unprovoked and it was completely unjustified. But you have to look at that and go, well, people are going to reveal themselves now. And I say to our team, you walk towards that light. And what is that light? It's a new it's a new dawn, and we have to attract the really pure it's funny to use that word pure souls. Funny to use that word service. They're such old fashioned concepts. But we've from my seen childhood. it. We yeah. Have seen it now. How do I vet? I have to go a bit now on gut instinct. I run it past certain trusted people if I'm unsure. But um largely I just put in the hours, Rodney, with the conversations and I and I and I can see there's a certain um well researched aspect that has to come through. There is a real sincerity that has to come through. There's an intelligence. You know, would this person serve their country and put themselves second to doing what is right to save New Zealand from these globalists. And there is some essence of that that always hits me after I've talked to people for a while, but it's hours of work, hours and hours. Absolutely. And tell me, how do you make your list? Well, I'm just building it and building it with people that I trust and I like. And the same with the board members, just really looking for those people that um, the, through all of the lies and all the corruption, and this is a very corrupt little country at the moment, there is still that scene from our childhoods, Rodney, of highly ethical, um, very decent Kiwis. Mm. And that's the scene that I'm tapping into. That and I is- suppose if everyone's on board and for the cause, not the ego, yes, it's not like, crawling over each other probably steve wants to be number 53 on your list (laughs) Uh, everyone's uh, fighting for the last of the list logan (laughs) evans is going i just want to be a farmer (laughs) but have a look at the policies rodney it's amazing policies mate i will one thing i I like about liz is she's just shoots shooting straight from the hip now tell me how do i find your web page nzloyal.org.nz nzloyal.org.nz and, and then I, sorry. all the policies all the policy statements are also up on free nz media and that's a substack page if you go just type in substack in yep. the upper bar and then put in free nz media substack you'll see all the policies go up there as well we've got a really good gun policy the gun club rodney it's great because i'm with jefferson i believe kiwis responsible gun owners should be uh, absolutely Absolute. supported across absolutely. this country. And Jefferson saw it. He said, one day America might have a rogue government. Well, they've got it well and truly with Biden, yeah. and we've had it for the last three years and probably far beyond that. But the government needs to be scared of the people, not the other way around. We must absolutely. never again fear our government. And that and so, 1% tax as well, 1% on every uh, interaction, you know. it's uh, okay. I mean, yeah, I was talking to a, a friend that lived in Dubai for a long time. He says that's, they're rolling out that model in Dubai. So it's actually a, a test case that's worked. You know, everybody mm. knows you go to Dubai, you don't pay tax. They run, they roll off a five percent on every uh, of any transaction. But uh, you know, who pays? Who pays our tax if we're all just paying one percent? It's the it's the banks because they're the ones that do the hundreds of thousands of transactions a day. 
instead of skimming billions out of our country and taking offshore a year, the, ta- the, the, the banks will be paying our tax bill. I think it's an, a beautiful uh, system. And I think, you know, we just, if you, do, if you do all the sums, it's up around 70 plus percent we're paying in tax. Well, it's insane. I, it's, we had a farmer, Rodney, say at, at the meeting down south, put up his hand, old farmer, lovely guy. He said, basically now I spend the first half of my year on the farm working for the government. All that money yes. goes to them. The second half I get a little bit, and then a lot of that is taken in regulations. We are going to lift all those regulations that are suppressing right. and crushing our farmers. But the 1% is amazing because of this, Rodney. What they want to introduce from Helen Clark on has been a kind of covert ghastly Marxist sort of communist mixture of suppression and um, denuding of individual rights and treating us all as if we are nothing and they should have the world to themselves, they being the globalist few, we are the many. Well, this goes the opposite direction. We are going to make the ground really fertile for the flowering of individualism and creativity. And how do you do that? You begin by putting money in the pockets of Kiwis. And when they've got money and they're not worrying, can I pay my food bills, which will come down because no GST, my petrol, which will come down because no petrol taxes, then they can really blossom and they can get their businesses, the mum and dad businesses that were crushed through the lockdowns purposefully to ruin the middle class. What we want to do is charge up that middle class machinery. And that goes in the diametrically opposed direction from communism. And that's why we have to do this fast. So our kids will be able to blossom as well, Rodney. Well, you speak to me. Um, we've done our hour. I'm going to have a program of, I'm working on a program to see if I can have all that. I don't like to disrespect them by saying minor or small, uh, new parties or parties that other, the legacy media won't cover. It's been absolutely lovely to have you along, Liz. I wish you and your party and Steve every success, like I will every I've got to come up with the phrase, new party, um, even the ones I disagree with. Because I love it that citizens are standing for parliament and not professional politicians. And um, so thank you for that. Thank you for joining us uh, this morning. And uh, Steve, I'll see you on Saturday in Christchurch for that competition. Yeah, perfect, brother. We'll see you there. It's going to be good. Our kids are counting down the days. It's such a win or lose or do well, do poorly. It's just such a wonderful experience. It's sort of like communion or something where all these kids and adults come together. It's a great atmosphere that you create, Steve, you and Chrissy, and the team that you have. And I know you must struggle because you go into the places where there's not the support, but you do it to build it and i love that about you steve there's so much i love about you so we will see you there on saturday and our kids will be rearing to go with all the other kids there looking forward to it okay can i add can i add one thing there rodney can you say steve can you say steve where it is because i would say anyone in christchurch who goes along i went along to one of those it's utterly joyful you see the kids having their competition fight and then they bow to each other and then they walk off often arm in arm or shoulder around a mate you know they just are taught to be little men and really ethical young women and they're taught values and humanity and respect it just fills you with joy so where is it steve yeah we're at the aria institute this weekend down in christchurch so it's going to be a good uh yeah saturday we'll kick off about the the kids will start about 10 a.m and uh, we'll go through to about 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be a great day. It is a wonderful day. My wife's pretty fit, and when we went to Auckland, you had over a 1,000. She had her Fitbit on, and it wasn't just our kids that got her going. Her heart never went below 100, I think, for the day <laughs> because there's just such a lot of adrenaline pumping. It's like a day at the races or something, and you're just absolutely – you must be exhausted at the end of it. Oh, we, me and my wife just basically just – stare at a wall for about two or three days straight after. <laughs> but, uh, it's <clears throat> it's worth it. I, talking about Fitbits, I just just quickly, I put a Fitbit on my uh, my son. He's 
got a little bit of ADHD. He, he came home with 16,000 steps yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> 3,000 is a decent day. He came home with 16,000. This kid's doing some mileage, mate. Oh, well, they're great, they're great kids. And <laughs> I love it. Steve actually had to take me aside because um, you do see tears there, and my kids have had their tears. Yeah. Because it's not tears, just it's like it's tough. And Steve got a wonderful way with the team of handling the tears. It's not I lost so much, it's just the nervous energy and they quickly recover. And Steve's had to chat to me once because you know I was new to it and I got you get upset, you're seeing your kid fight. <laughs> and Steve took me to one side and had some very kind words to me about how a parent should behave on the sideline. And I have to say, Steve, I'm a much better behaviour on the sideline now, aren't I? Yeah, well done, mate. I mean, it is. Everyone gets excited, and it, uh, it's crucial. I mean, you know, a lot of head coaches, they teach respect, they teach patience, and and when they get in there, they, it all goes out the window. And all yes. looking at them going, this is the same guy that's talking about respect and honour on the mats, and he's yes. turned into an absolute nightmare, you know? So, uh, <laughs> it's crucial. I was one of those dads. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crucial the way we behave in front of our kids, mate, under pressure, you know? So... No, well, well, I just got. Could, could you could you train some of the people in the freedom movement to have that yeah, same yeah. dignity? <laughs> well, I gotta say, I, 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 I honestly, I think it's just an asset to anybody's life. It's just growing a little bit in humility and resilience. It's perfect. Yeah. And dignity, dignity, yeah. dignity. Yeah. towards and each other. I have I have seen the the best behaviour, and I do a with the kids. I do a lot of sport, and the kids ski race, and I've seen some bad behaviour there. And I remember doing that and then going along to your competition in Dunedin the next weekend, and I walked in, Steve, and they had the cage fights, the cages mm. up. You'd be used to those gyms. I walked in, and it was, like, horrific to me, and there's these big overgrown men sort of dragging their knuckles along the ground and tattoos, and I thought, oh, my God, you know. Do you know, <laughs> there wasn't one swear word. There wasn't one tantrum. There wasn't one mark of disrespect. The mm. winners treated their opponents with respect and helped them across the board. It was yeah. beautiful to see. Yeah, we've lost it, haven't we? We've lost our way in society. Well, you're doing Did your we job. Yeah, we haven't lost it, Steve. That's what no. NZ Oil is all about. I That's think there's more of us. There's more of yeah. us, Steve. Uh, thank you, Liz. I'm going to get into trouble for talking too much. You're with, delight, Rodney. You're thank with you. Reality Check Radio. It's been real talk with Rodney Hyde. We're talking to Liz Gunn uh, and Steve Oliver from New Zealand Oil, newzealandoil.org.nz. Check them out. We're going to be having all the parties on. We're going to treat them all with respect because why? We live in a democracy. We've got a House of Representatives. We want people to represent, it, represent us. We listen to them. Plus, as you can tell, people that are standing for office, they're interesting and nice to talk to. This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m.